Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. In extraordinary scenes last night, President Donald Trump stepped up to the microphone at the White House and declared victory in the 2020 US election. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. The problem is, neither he nor Joe Biden have reached the 270 votes needed to secure the win, with Biden this morning on 238 to Trump on 213. There are accusations of fraud, of bringing in lawyers, of stopping the counting of any more votes. So what the heck happens from here? And what's the likely outcome of an election which has exposed a very big divide amongst the supposedly United States of America? For the past 70 years, the presidential candidate who loses the election has made a televised speech where they concede. From Adlai Stevenson, who lost to Dwight Eisenhower in 1952, through to Hillary Clinton calling it in 2016, each losing candidate has graciously admitted that their opponent has bested them in the race to become the leader of the United States. It is traditionally American to fight hard before an election. It is equally traditional to close ranks as soon as the people have spoken. Senator Obama and I have had and argued our differences and he has prevailed. We have fought the good fight. And once the decision is made, we unite behind the man who is elected. Just moments ago, I spoke with George W. Bush and congratulated him on becoming the 43rd president of the United States. Last night, I congratulated Donald Trump and offered to work with him on behalf of our country. But last night, we saw two men deliver two very similar, but also quite different speeches. Joe Biden telling his supporters in his home state of Delaware that it's not over till the final ballot is counted. We knew because of the unprecedented early vote and the mail-in vote that it's going to take a while. We're going to have to be patient until we, uh, the hard work of tallying the votes is finished. And it ain't over till every vote is counted, every ballot is counted. But we're feeling good. We're feeling good about where we are. You know, we could know the results as early as tomorrow morning, but it may take a little longer. As I've said all along, it's not my place or Donald Trump's place to declare who's won this election. That's the decision of the American people. While in a room in the White House, the president shocked many commentators, claiming victory in states that still haven't been counted and making it clear he wants it all to stop now and those states declared a win for the Republicans. This is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list, Okay? 
It's, it's a very sad... It's a very sad moment. To me, this is a very sad moment. And we will win this. And we, as far as I'm concerned, we already have won it. So I just want to thank you. Yesterday, as millions of Americans went to the polls to decide whether Donald Trump should be returned for four more years or whether it was time for a change with Joe Biden, they were asked what the biggest issues were for them on heading to the polls. And while the majority said they were concerned about the government response to the COVID-19 pandemic, others were worried about the state of the economy and jobs, while some voted over issues such as health care, immigration and climate change. I am very anxious about this year's vote. I feel very positive about the election today. Feeling a little weary. I'm uh, kind of nervous, but at the same time, it's all in God's hands. I'm here to vote today for President Trump. We need him for four more years, definitely. I'm a Democrat. Um, I, I came out because it's my, it's my duty. It's actually the first time I ever voted. A lot of extremes on both sides, but I think it's time to get a little bit of balance back going again, hopefully. Our country needs some help. My vote is just one vote, but we need people out there to make changes. And we need everybody's vote. I'm voting for Donald Trump today. I'll support whether whether it goes, whichever way it goes, I'll support it. I voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because they best represent my values, my views. This is a very important election. Um, I think we are voting for the the soul of our country. I'm hoping that whoever wins, be it Republican or Democrat, that our country can come back together. The Votecast survey conducted by the University of Chicago for the Associated Press spoke to more than 100,000 people in the seven days leading up to the polling booths closing, finding an overwhelming majority of African-American people voted for Joe Biden. It was more of an even split in the white community. Asian-Americans also voted more for Biden, as did college-educated women, but more non-college-educated women and men, college-educated men, and in fact, men in general, voted in larger numbers for Donald Trump. So with counting still underway, legal challenges being discussed, and neither candidate with the required 270 Electoral College votes required to win, what exactly is going on right now? David Smith is The Guardian's Washington bureau chief. David, is this election actually panning out as was predicted with Trump looking like a winner on the day, but then Biden expected to rally after those postal votes are counted? Yes, and that's a strange thing. It felt uh, an eventful night with lots of twists and turns, but actually I think most of the predictions are coming true that indeed uh, Trump would appear to be ahead at one point, but uh, as more votes were counted, including mail-in ballots, the balance would tilt in Biden's favour, and that uh, right now, I think you'd rather be in Biden's shoes than Trump's. He does appear to be on course uh, to become the president. But of course, the other extremely predictable thing that came to pass was about 2.30 in the morning, Trump got up at the White House and declared fraud and declared a false victory and vowed to go to court to stop certain votes being counted. And that was one of those things uh, everyone saw coming, but that made it no less shocking for an incumbent American president to say that. They are some quite extraordinary claims. Can he actually do that, though, the things that he's claiming he's going to do to stop those votes? Can he actually do that? I don't think anybody quite knows. With Trump, we've often assumed this and that can't happen until it does. What's dangerous I believe, is the attorney general, the top law enforcement official in the country. Bill Barr has proved himself to be extremely loyal to Trump as an enforcer. 
if he does succeed in getting it all the way to the Supreme Court, then, of course, Trump has just appointed his third Supreme Court justice. So there's a 6-3 conservative majority there that may or may not rule in Trump's favor, just as the court did in George W. Bush's favor in the 2000 disputed election. And I think the other unknown factor is the will of the people. This election did legitimize Trumpism to a degree. He got, I think, more votes this time than in 2016, certainly in states such as Texas. I think he added an extra million. He will feel emboldened to say this is a movement. It's not going to disappear. And unfortunately, that could lead to street protests. And the fear is those protests could turn violent. Speaking of the will of the people, the polling seems to be off again this election. And I was just reading that perhaps it's because those who do support Trump feel socially embarrassed to say so when they're asked about it because it may lead to them being ostracised or targeted by others. Do you think there's an essence of that in why the polling has been so out of whack this year? I think that's a possibility to admit you are a Trump supporter, certainly in some parts of the country, is to to bring um, ridicule and accusations and, you know, how on earth can you do that? And you must be racist. Also, I think polling was probably especially difficult during the coronavirus pandemic. Also, a week or two ago, I interviewed uh, Bob Woodward, the veteran journalist who broke the Watergate scandal and interviewed Trump many times for his latest book. And he certainly had grave doubts about polling, suggesting that really it's based on who's at home and who actually picks up the phone. And these days, most people So if they get a call on their landline, tend to just ignore it. So it's not really a representative sample. And I think the other issue always was, yes, Biden had a big lead in the polls, but Trump was winning on other less scientific metrics, such as the size of crowds at his rallies, the number of yard signs in people's gardens, even boat parades, so people waving uh, Trump flags. If you knew nothing about this election and you came from another planet, you would have thought, well, Trump is the one with enthusiasm on his side. Can we talk about how it's actually panning out at the minute? The three states that we keep hearing about over and over again is Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan, that these are the states that are going to decide who is the president. At the end of all of this, how long that is, is anyone's guess at this point, but how's it looking today? Well, as I speak to you, I'm looking at um, the latest count in Wisconsin with 97% of votes in. And uh, Biden has a very narrow edge in that one, 49.5% of the votes compared to Trump's 48.8%. I believe in Michigan, it's looking pretty similar, very tight, but Biden ahead. And then in Pennsylvania, Trump has the advantage by a bigger margin. But in all three states, when later votes come in, we're expecting them to be more in Biden's favor. Uh, Democrats tended to use vote by mail more than Republicans. And uh, we obviously had a record number of mail-in ballots during this election. So right now, my prediction would be that Biden will win Michigan and Wisconsin. And I'd say Pennsylvania will be very close. And that's certainly one that Trump may seek to challenge in court. However, depending on results out elsewhere, it might not actually matter. Uh, it's quite possible Biden might win the presidency without taking either Pennsylvania or Florida, which uh, would be remarkable in in some ways, but uh, his victory in Arizona really changed things. A lot has been said about Florida during this election, and there was an idea that perhaps those people in Florida would vote against Donald Trump because 
a lot of people who live there are immigrants and Donald Trump has seemed to targeted immigrants over this time, but he won Florida. Was that a surprise? You know, I think some people at face value is a surprise because there really was a hope that uh, after four years of mayhem and authoritarian behaviour and, frankly, endless lies, not to mention the coronavirus pandemic that's killed 230,000 Americans, that this election would deliver an overwhelming repudiation of Trump and, and Trumpism. And Florida would have been the first real yardstick for that. And Biden went there and Barack Obama campaigned hard there. But those were setting expectations too high, and Trump won it very handily. Crucial in that uh, elderly people were expected to desert Trump because of the pandemic, but they actually didn't do so in sufficient numbers. But then also the Latino vote has been crucial there and across the country. And in Florida, it's a special case because there's a high number of Cuban-Americans, immigrants from Cuba and with memories of the Castro regime and Really, Republicans painted a picture of Joe Biden being a socialist and cozying up to the likes of uh, Fidel Castro, similar sort of issue with Venezuelan immigrants. And therefore, Biden, particularly around the big city Miami, underperformed. He did less well with that community than Hillary Clinton had in 2016. And, and that really did seem to cost him. Now, there is a lot of talk about the Electoral College votes, but... We've been told to also keep a very close eye on the House of Representatives and the Senate. How are things panning out there? A disappointing night for Democrats. And again, I think expectations were set pretty high. There was a lot of talk about Democrats actually um, gaining the Senate majority, but they suffered some disappointing defeats. The Republican Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, won fairly comfortably in his home state. Lindsey Graham, who uh, is a real Trump loyalist in South Carolina, was a target. And uh, his Democratic opponent, uh, Jamie Harrison, raised a phenomenal amount of money, but all in vain. And Graham won relatively easily. And I think that's bad news for America, because if indeed Joe Biden does become president, then he'll be up against a Republican-controlled Senate. And if we've learned anything from the Obama years, that's just a recipe for gridlock and dysfunction and anything that Biden tries to do, getting blocked. And that kind of thing feeds the perception that Washington is broken, that the system isn't working, which I think is how we got Trumpism in the first place. So we're really there into a negative feedback loop. One silver lining for Democrats, they did retain the House of Representatives, but even there with a diminished majority, Republicans picked up some seats. And that's a real surprise. And again, I think will be taken as a legitimization of Trumpism and Republicans, despite all the criticisms of the past few years. So where do we go from here? Is it just sitting and waiting until we see that magic number 270 hit by one of these guys? Yeah, we're in a, I think, a potentially dangerous limbo. We have to sit and wait. Again, no surprises here. This was all predicted that during a pandemic, the vote count would take longer. We wouldn't know the winner on election night. But the longer it goes on, the more time it gives Trump to spread conspiracy theories, to make false declarations of victory, and have all that amplified by his Republican allies and by um, conservative media, uh, really sort of teeing up this battle in the courts and maybe battle in the streets over 
the outstanding votes that have to be counted. So yeah, it's it's worrying. It's potentially the nightmare scenario that we're all being warned about. We'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. We were prepared to wait for the outcome of this election. We were prepared for the accusations of fraud and the legal challenges that follow. But is America prepared to start the process of fixing the deep divide that this election has exposed and even widened? All we can do now is wait. This episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, with audio production by Ian Camilleri and guest booking by Mel Zauer. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.